Streaming live from Taos, New Mexico. Here is Dr. J. Allen on Safety FM. Broadcasting live from the Safety FM studios in Orlando, Florida. Here is your host, Dr. J. Allen on Safety FM. This episode of the broadcast and the podcast is brought to you by Safety Focus Moment. They're consultants that want to help you get the safety culture you've been looking for. For more information, go to safetyfocusmoment.com. Well, hello and welcome to Safety FM. This is Jay Allen. For some reason, I want to say this is Jay Allen and the Zach attacks, but that's going to make absolutely no sense at the moment. But anyways, that's not important. Anyways, I have a doozy for you here today. Hopefully you're going to enjoy this one. Well, let me let you know what I've been up to as of late. I've had this great opportunity to start doing some, we'll say research on autonomous vehicles. I had a really interesting opportunity come up a few weeks ago where I had the opportunity to visit this place called SunTrax. And this is here in Florida, right in between, well, we'll say between Orlando and Tampa, right kind of towards the center of it. But I went to this place and what they do there is really interesting. And it's a, it's a course slash track that's about two and a third miles track where they let autonomous vehicles drive and researchers can come out and test vehicles and how they would actually interact in certain environments. It was a really interesting opportunity. I was invited out there by the Florida Department of Transportation and had the opportunity of speaking with Paul Satchfield, killed a senior and their team out there at SunTrax. Now, keep in mind that this is currently not open to the public, but I want you to listen to the conversation that I had with Paul. And he's going to tell you a little bit about his background and exactly what they're doing out there in SunTrax and what they believe SunTrax will be able to do to change the autonomous vehicle world and the testing and how things are done. So enjoy this interview here today on Safety FM. Now you can hear us around the world, streaming 24-7 at safetyfm.com. How did you start getting involved with transportation? Let's start off with that one, because that's kind of where the interesting portion always starts. Well, it's funny. Um, I have a very diverse background. I was, uh, you know, I worked my way through retail. I became a paralegal. Um, I got to work into a software company, um, which was in New Hampshire. At some point, I got tired of being in the snow and I started to look for jobs. I found a job at the Turnpike in the right-of-way office and from there I worked my way into um, program management where I'm responsible for all the design project managers in the Turnpike Um, and from there I was chosen to lead this project. So what was based off your background that they said this is a project for you to jump on? Because I mean, keep in mind, this is all new and emerging technology. So there's not a lot of people in the space. So for all of a sudden you to come in and go, okay, you're going to lead this out. Um, I think it's because um, I've got a pretty good skill set of having a vision to the end of the project and knowing that you need a team of people to do it. my my role was to herd the cats and we had you know the team here was big there's probably you know 40 50 60 people involved in the design of this project um 
And so my skill set is being able to keep them focused and keep the task, task moving in the right direction. So as you're doing this with SunTracks and you're building this out, so the different phases, I know that we had spoken earlier, you had told me this started really kind of as an idea in 2014, and you kind of showed me, showed me a couple of slides. So as you're going down this path, how do you get to the point where, okay, this is the time that we start doing movement of construction, we're going to build, and so on. How, where was the decision making there? Well, once, once the decision was made to construct phase one, which is the, the, the two and a quarter mile oval for our test facility, we started to look, what, how could we utilize the infield of that track? You know, there's 200 acres in that infield. Uh, we wanted to leverage it. Florida is a very forward-looking state when it comes to autonomous vehicles. Um, even before the legislation that just recently was signed, we were still a forward-looking state. Um, we had some visionaries at the Department of Transportation at the time and said, let's create this connected automated vehicle test facility, a purpose-built test facility. And that's where the that was where the infield started from. So for my non-Florida listeners, what exactly is the legislation that just been signed? Well, the legislation that has just been signed in Florida now is you can operate, an autonomous vehicle, vehicle can operate on the roads in Florida without a driver in the vehicle. Um, there's insurance requirements, there's some safety requirements, but you can actually put an autonomous vehicle on the roadway in Florida without a human behind the wheel. And how does that compare to some of the other states that um, are out there? A lot of states allow autonomous driving, but you still have to have an operator in the vehicle. You have to have, some states say you have to have somebody behind the wheel of the vehicle, um, where Florida now has kind of removed that barrier. So as you look at this technology, because you're, you're involved in it, you, you're doing these different things, where do you see this going? Do you say in less than 10 years, we'll have fully autonomous where they will not, let's say for instance, hypothetical, I wanna send my daughter to school. I don't want to drive her myself that I can say, okay, jump in the car, I'll take her and it'll come back. Um, and and I, of course, I know that that's kind of one of those weird questions, like, can you predict the yeah. future? Then can you tell me the lotto numbers? But yeah. is this one of those things that I'm curious about? Well, it's interesting when I do these presentations, the last slide in there is, when's it going to get here? Because it's always the first question everybody asks, <laughs> when's it going to get here? Um, five years ago, there was a lot of people saying by 2020, it was going to be here. Well, 2020 is just around the corner. It's not here yet. Uh, I, the way I see it happening is incremental improvements. You're going you're gonna to see um, a few vehicles. You're going to see a few more vehicles. You might see some semis that are autonomous. Um, but to get to full connected and automated, the full shebang where really you don't have the humans driving much anymore, I still think you're probably in the 2040 to 2050 timeframe. That's okay. just my opinion based on what's going on in the space right now. And so what do you think makes Florida so special for some people to want to come here and actually test it? Well, we have a, we have first, uh, we have the facility. We, we've built the facility for them to come and use it. We've provided them this toolbox where they can come and use and, and simulate whatever they need to simulate in a nice, safe, closed course environment. Um, and then Florida is attractive. We have, you know, for the most part, good weather. Um, and we heard that a lot when we were doing our out, outreach. We said, oh, uh, a lot of people said, I can see us coming down there November through May to, to use this. You know, it gets a little hot in summertime, but you still need to test in the humidity. Um, so, and then the the other attractive thing about Florida, and, and it was funny that we, a lot of people brought this up to us, was the fact that there's a lot of things to do here. So if you have to come down here to test, you can wrap it into a little bit of a vacation. If you, if you have to be stuck in Florida, there might be a, a few <laughs> amusement parks or two right around the corner. Exactly. So as you, as you look at this and you decided to get inside of this particular field, 
what was the attraction? What was the thing that said, this is really where I need to go? I know you said the weather earlier based on on coming down here, but why did you decide Florida and this, especially this particular project? I mean, this is a a gigantic project. To me, it's about safety. Um, And I, I truly mean that. It's about saving lives. There's so many people that are killed on the roads of America and around the world every year, needlessly for the most part. Um, uh, somebody phrased it this way to, to, for people to get their heads around it. It's like three fully loaded 737s crashing every week and killing everybody on board. And when you start to look at it in, in that perspective, nobody would drive if that's the case. You know, if you have a plane crash, you know, look at the, the, the Boeing issue right now. Everything comes to a stop. But we are just we just kind of take it as the cost of doing business is the fact that people are going to be killed in these wrecks. Um, and for me you get to the point now of maybe reducing that number by 70, 80, 90%. And it's, it's a big thing. It's, it's a lot of people on the, that, that are going to be able to live a full life rather than being needlessly killed in an in a automobile accident that maybe wasn't even their fault. So do you think the human factors plays the biggest portion currently with most of the accidents that we're having? Is it distracted driving? Is that what you're, yeah. what you're seeing? Uh, about 90, 90 plus percent of all accidents are caused by the human, either impaired, distracted, what, what have you just you know not being driving too fast for a situation um so it's it's the human that's the problem it's not the weather it's not the roadway it's not the vehicle itself it's typically the person behind the wheel of the vehicle okay for well for years now volvo has turned around and said that they have made a fatality proof car and if you look at statistics there hasn't been any accidents where a volvo has been involved where someone's died inside of the vehicle. So they say that they make their vehicles 100% to be involved in an accident. Do you believe that, that when we start going into full autonomous, that's where the technology will lead to also that they'll have that built in where it's built, the vehicle is built to be involved in accidents? Um, I know it's an interesting question it because is, it's, it, it's a predicting the future yeah, question it's again, never of course. Been asked, I've never been asked that question before. And I, I don't know. I would think that uh, if you ask the technology guys, they're going to say, you know, with our technology, we don't need to build that car to be like a tank because it's not going to be in the accident. Um, so maybe initially you have cars built um, more like a, a quote tank, unquote, uh, but as you get to full connected and automated, you can probably start to back that off some when the cars are all talking to each other and they, they, they know what they're all doing and where they're all going. You, maybe it comes down some. So as we talk about these connected technologies, of course, you always know that people are going to try to use scare tactics and be like, but what happens if someone hijacks and blah, 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 and all things along those lines. So is that something that your facility will be able to provide for them to be able to test if how that actual, the, I guess the encryption works and things along those lines? Absolutely. The, the security aspect, that's, that's one of the big concerns. And that's one of the big public concerns is, you know, if I'm driving down the road and some hacker gets into my car and drives me into the pond, you know, that, that's a fear. Um, um, but that is the type of thing that's in addition to the sensors and the hardware, you can you can test that software side of it as well. And there's a lot of universities in Florida, as you know, uh, that are trying to tackle that problem. They're working on that. And, you know, some there's some places that have the hackathons where here, here's a vehicle. Try to try to hack into it. And that's how you improve it. You know, you you find out where that uh, that break is and you you recode it. So right now, for the people that are not familiar with how autonomous works, how can you describe it? Now, keep in mind, we're on the radio, so it's very difficult <laughs> to, to say, look at this picture yeah. and it makes sense. So I always tell people it's theater of the mind. So yes. you're going to have to be as descriptive okay. as possible. How would you explain what they're looking at in particular? Because 
I'll tell you, when I came out here, the, the facility is gorgeous, and especially what you have to offer and the, the length of the track and how it works. And we got to drive around it a couple of times. It was really exciting, some of the stuff. Um, I'll tell you, I was actually in a, uh, Nona Transportation actually provided a, a Tesla X and was able to, I was able to drive around it at 60 miles an hour in full autonomous mode. And there was a vehicle parked on the actual driveway and it came to a full stop. I'll tell you, I, I was a little scared. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that, but it was interesting on how it worked. So I want people to understand exactly what you have to offer inside of this facility, especially if they're not familiar with the tech or with the word, how it would work. Well, the, the facility right now is in phase one and we've built a two and a quarter mile oval. So if you're familiar with, um, you know, uh, this is not a racetrack, but I'm using this as an illustrative purposes. Day Daytona International Speedway is two and a half miles. So we have two and a quarter miles. Um, this facility was built to highway specification. So the, the, the oval is built just like you would find on any interstate in Florida. Same specification, same lane width, same lane markings. So it's just like a big circular highway. Um, and on that big circular highway, you, you know, it's built to highway speed, so 70 miles an hour. Um, there's all kinds of testing that can happen on that facility. Uh, we, you can get the, the Starsky Robotics was out here a few weeks back with their autonomous tractor trailer. Um, Tesla, you, you, you spoke of today. We've had some of the universities out here, some of the local companies that are involved with, uh, with CAV technology in one aspect or another have already been out here as well. So this right now, it's just, it's the oval. And then again, in a couple of years, when we get that infield built out, then it'll be a whole, a whole new ball game. And we'll be back right after this on Safety FM. It is no secret that most successful organization and professionals are data-driven. As the volume of data that businesses have access to increases, they need more efficient ways to turn the data into actionable insight. Fortunately, iDashboard offers a comprehensive business intelligence solutions to help you with data aggregation, preparation, analysis, visualization, and reporting. With the iDashboard's data hub, you can blend data from multiple sources to get a comprehensive view of related data. Then the intuitive dashboard builder gives anyone the freedom to create and design dashboards and no programming experience is required. It's no wonder why companies like Lockheed Martin, Michigan Humane Society, and Navy Federal Credit Union trust iDashboards to provide them with the data they need to make the most informed decision for their business. Be sure to visit iDashboards.com forward slash safety to learn more. That's idashboard.com forward slash safety. Make sure that you tell them that Jay Allen sent you. And we're back with more here on Safety FM. So right now, when someone's interested in, I guess, making contact to be coming out here and be able to do the, the testing and so on, what would they need to do to be able to, to get a hold of the facility to move forward to, well, to be a potential using the project? They can contact me. Okay. We, we have a website, suntracksfl.com. Um, there's contact information for two or three different folks there uh, that they can get to us that way. So it's it's pretty easy to get a hold of us. We're um, we're state employees, so <laughs> uh, we we don't operate in secrecy like uh, some of the, some of the firms do. But so they just contact me, and we go from there. So you did mention secrecy, and that's going to probably be something that's going to come up question wise. So I figure I'll ask it right now. So if you have multiple companies working on an autonomous vehicle at the time, so let's say for instance you have the Chevys of the world and the Fords, no sponsors, just in case, just to, just to make sure. But they're working on a vehicle at the same time. I would imagine they don't want to share proprietary information 
and so how would it go about for them to be able to be able to use part of the track without the other one seeing what they're doing well that was one of the design factors we took into consideration when we we're building the facility because we knew that that these companies do want to work in private and they don't want to share their information because they're all looking to to be the first to the finish line so the track is designed to where if you've got a you know ford on one sector and chevy on another sector they don't really interact they don't really there's not really good sight lines so that they can operate simultaneously but independently okay so as you're moving forward with this future tech and the way that this is being built out you said there's a phase two that's coming up you said what year again this would be the phase two which is the infield will be open at the end of 2021 2021 what is i know it's, it's so difficult to have this conversation without going what do you think is going to happen <laughs> next but it's just interesting on how the technology has evolved over the last little bit. I mean, right now, is I think we're about three weeks out since the governor actually signed this into effect. Um, from the understanding that I have, I'm not very familiar with, uh, with autonomous vehicles, but Tesla has changed the way that their system works here in Florida in particular, and they've done some advancements into it. And I look at it and I know that there's insurance requirements for people that are on the road. What are going to be certain, some of the certain requirements that, sh that you'll have as a requirement for people that are testing on the track well you know it's it's what you would expect there's going to have to be ins there's insurance requirements here too you know if somebody comes in and there's an issue and they you know damage some of the infrastructure it has it's got to have to be replaced you okay. know that so so there'll be those inquire those uh those requirements there'll be indem indemnification requirements as well um and you know there, there's going to be requirements that they have to be you know doing their best to operate in a safe manner. It's not just going to be come out here and and, and go totally crazy. There you know you've got to within a framework you're going to have to operate. Okay. And right now I know that you said that you could do up to 70 miles per hour on this particular track. I noticed that there were some posted signs at 55. And I, if I'm being 100% honest, that we went to 60 and change when we're doing it in fully autonomous. Do you think people will try to test their boundaries in regards to what the vehicle can do, or has there already been people that have? Um, well, like I said, the, the the track was designed for seventy on the uh, seventy highway speed. The fifty five is in the corners. Uh, we like people to slow down a little <laughs> bit in the corners because we go from five lanes to two lanes in the corners. Um, so they, you know, it's like most interstates; they're designed for seventy, but we all know uh, on occasion people might. Um, push that a little bit. Oh, no, I'm assuming you don't do that, right? <laughs> I've never, I have never done that. Um, so, you know, while the design speed is 70, you could probably go beyond that a little bit, but this is not a racetrack. It was not designed that way. We don't want any of that going on out here. This is a, a facility to really advance that technology for, to, you know, with the end goal of safety. So I know that we re you referenced safety in that particular regards. Have you been looking at the recent stats of when people are using autopilot, and I know that's brand specific, so I probably shouldn't use that, but using the autonomous feature of a vehicle compared to a normal, I guess, human interaction accident. Have you seen some of those numbers? I have not seen okay. any of those Well, the, yet. the funny part is that I think that it's interesting on how sometimes when you have a standard vehicle accident, it's not reported on the news as well as a autopilot. So I need to stop saying autopilot. <laughs> um, but as they start doing, the, when they have those particular accidents, and do you think that it's a fair assessment on the technology opposed to the human factor uh it, fair is probably no i don't probably think it is fair it's just that it's new you know it's it's the bright shiny new thing so everybody's going to talk about it when when there's an issue with it they don't talk about the other millions of miles it went without an issue you know they talk about the one time for whatever reason there was a problem with it uh and it, that leads to one of the public perception problems because when you hear about when all you're hearing about is oh they were in a crash they were in a crash they were in a crash and not 
the millions of miles they drove crash-free, it can sway public opinion. So as we try to sway public opinion for them to have a better understanding, is there information that the Florida DOT can provide in regards of understanding some of the, fe- not, not let's say features, but some of the numbers or what to expect as this technology changes going forward, especially with Florida being so far ahead of the rest of the curb? There's a little bit of that on our on the website I mentioned before. Um, I don't think we have like a white paper that we can show that. But when you read, when you, when you go back and do the research on um, the predictive, the people that really are into the business of predictive, predictions, um, they predict that 90% reduction in crashes, which is a 90% reduction in fatalities. But it's not just the fatalities, it's the personal in- injuries that happen, it's the property damage that doesn't happen. So it, it, even beyond the, the life issue, there's huge monetary savings down the road when you're not having vehicles in these crashes all the time. So of course, with you mentioning crashes and not occurring as often, has questions come up on some of the test facilities on will this lower price of insurance because of course it's kind of it's an interesting mix because it's human factors and then it's also you're depending now on technology so which one can you trust which one you can get i always i always think that it's interesting when you start thinking about it it's like we're willing to trust our bank accounts it's all numbers because you really don't normally receive a paper check and we're perfectly fine with that but when you personally get behind a vehicle that's autonomous you have some weird reactions because it's your life so what what have you seen in that particular Um, regard I know that the insurance companies are looking into that. Um, it's it's a big thing for them. But remember, as we move more towards um, automation, you're going to also move more to sharing. You know, the, the acronym they use is ACES, Automated, Connected, Electric, and Sharing. So the, the days of personal car ownership may be numbered. It might be... might be numbered in decades at this point in time, but they probably are numbered, especially in bigger cities um, where, you know, parking is at a premium. You you pay an arm and a leg to park your car in some of the big cities. So you won't have insurance for yourself. The car will be insured through whatever company is providing that service. Um, So if and then then that will be built into the price of the trip. You know, if it's 14 cents a mile, 25, whatever it is, it'll that right, that insurance will be on the vehicle. And then, of course, it will be for the passengers in the vehicle. But you won't pay it directly. You you won't have your account with name your insurance company. Interesting. So as we move forward in this, I know that you said at the the very beginning that you probably see that it would be several decades before it's fully autonomous. And the change, I mean, a change, it was really going to change the industry overall is really the way that it works. So then the need of a car will be still a need, but it won't be so much of a need of a personalized car per se. So do you think that it'll become more of like a public transit scenario or we still think that there'll be privately stocked people that will that will own it? And I know a lot of the problem with these questions is that a lot of them are predict the future, but you're so far ahead in the in the group of technology and the research is being done. I figure. I can ask those questions, but I'm not going to ask for a lot of numbers. That's okay. <laughs> um, I at this point, I would say it's still going to be private. Um, it won't be a it won't be public transit. It will be you know insert company name here. We know who the players are in the ride sharing field now. Um, you could actually even get some of the uh, OEM automakers into that field. You know, Ford now calls themselves a mobility company, not a car company or automobile company anymore. So you can kind of see it already starting to lean that way just you know it's not might not be quite obvious to everybody yet but you can see it coming so as you look at this when you first started into this field of transportation many many moons ago did you ever expect in 2019 on the verge of 2020 you'd be sitting here 
having this conversation about this is where technology is going. Not not in my <laughs> wildest dreams. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I really do appreciate you actually spending the time with me today and allowing me actually to come through the facility. It was, it was excellent. Is there anything that you'd like to share with the with the audience that they might that they might not know or that they could actually get more information about autonomous vehicles or what SunTrax is actually doing here well, in Florida? Again, we, we have our great website, SunTraxFL.com, and that's got a lot of information out there. It's got some contact information. So if they want to uh, get a hold of us, if there's people that might uh, you know need to use the facility, they can go through that as well. Um, it's a, it's just, it's a wonderful thing to be doing. It's, it's great to be involved in a technology that you know is going to benefit so many people. You know, it's not, a, it's not a niche specific thing. Everybody needs mobility, and um, we're going to help provide mobility in a much safer manner. Well, I have one more question, even though that would normally sound like the end, but I'm going to ask one more thing. You, you use the word mobility. I keep on seeing the scooter mobility that's coming in. And I guess people are trying to use this as endpoint. Do you see a validity into the future of what mobility is going into for these scooter models that are being used? I, I think maybe in city, big cities, sure. Um, you know, it, it does make getting around a little bit easier in, you know, especially in any of the older cities where the roads are narrow and things are tight, um, perhaps. Uh, they're not autonomous at this point mm -hmm. in time, so it's not in my wheelhouse. But I think that mobility is going to be, it's not just going to be one thing. It's going to be a combination of things, you know, maybe at light rail, be it uh, autonomous vehicles, be it the scooters, be it the, the low speed shuttles to get people between uh, point A, point B in a, you know, shorter distances. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a shepherd's pie of, of solutions to, to make everything work together. Okay. Well, Paul, I appreciate you coming on to Safety FM. Yes, thank you. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. SafetyFM.com